0: The Oracle Network. To weird Distractions podcast, a weekly podcast that rotates between true crime, conspiracy theories, paranormal stories, folklore, yeah, a little bit of this and a little bit of that to provide you what we consider a weird distraction from everyday life. I'm one of your hosts, Alex, and as always, I'm joined by my lovely co-host, Christy. And this week we are back talking conspiracy theories, da-da-da-da. It's about to get weird with this one. But before we dive into the conspiracy theory, Christy, what is your need for a distraction this week? We talked about this last week, actually, as what could be my distraction this week. The fact that we were talking
1: about where I live in our previous episode that we done a long time ago about the Christine Heron case. Oh yeah. I had to remember and distract myself from the fact that I moved across the road from where her body was found.
0: Was her body ever found? I don't remember the details. I, I don't remember. There was like the riverbed of where they thought it, they
1: found something. I thought. Or like that was they, someone had said they'd seen her or something. How, something, yeah. Or something happened.
0: yeah. But it's like
1: the river where she was last seen or possibly killed right across the road from where I live. So that's my distraction. this
0: distraction. (laughs) Fair enough, fair enough. My need for a distraction is it is December. It is the last month of this dumpster fire of a year. And for some reason, it is the busiest month of this dumpster fire of a year. So I need a distraction from all the busyness that is December 2021. Not looking forward to the holidays. Every week there seems to be something, whether it's work or personal stuff. So I need a distraction from that because although I like being busy as kind of a common rule of my life sometimes I just want to sleep for like a day or two and not be bothered you know yes and the fact that today is December 1st that we're recording this on is disgusting it's disgusting we have what how many days until Christmas but anyways too too little (laughs) too little too little and happy Hanukkah for those that celebrate by the way I believe Hanukkah started a couple days ago so happy Hanukkah
1: happy Hanukkah
0: Have a great Hanukkah. (laughs) Now, I think it's time that we get into this week's actual distraction. Our conspiracy theory. What do you say? I say please bring on the weird because I know it's going to be weird with you. Yes, as per usual. So for this week's conspiracy theory episode, we're going to tackle one of the oldest standing celebrity conspiracy theories out there. This is one conspiracy theory that doesn't focus on just one or two celebrities like our previous just celebrity conspiracy theory episodes that we've done, I've actually counted about 30 or more celebrities that this conspiracy theory kind of involves, so to speak. That's a lot of stardom. That's a lot of stardom. So I've tried to kind of mention all of the celebrities that are included in this conspiracy theory, but there's, a, as mentioned, there's over 30 that I counted. So bear with me, but you're probably wondering... What the hell am I talking about? If you're listening, you you see the title of the episode, but Christy has no idea what we're talking about, as per usual. No, no idea. <laughs> what are we getting myself into? We are going to be discussing the infamous 27 Club conspiracy theory. Have you heard of it before? No, I haven't. What? You've never heard of the 27 Club? I think so. Oh, my, well, you That's are to g- give me
1: the details and I remember something, but it doesn't sound familiar right now.
0: You are in for a weird treat, my friend, because this one is a doozy and it is one of the oldest conspiracy theories out there pertaining to, well, as mentioned celebrities so before we do kind of get into things i do want to provide a trigger warning for this entire episode as we will be discussing suicide addictions motor vehicle accidents and of course death so if you are maybe not in a good headspace to listen to any of these topics totally understandable please tune in when you do feel like you're in a better headspace and just in general proceed with caution as usual listener discretion is advised so what is the 27 club the 27 club refers to a string of musicians actors artists athletes and more who died at the age of 27 due to a handful of reasons some that seem straightforward and others that seem to be clouded with mystery this isn't an actual club by the way (laughs) i hope people listening aren't like is this located in hollywood is this in new york city where is the address for this 27 club it's more so a cultural phenomenon that's kind of taken place as opposed to a physical club.
1: Oh, I see. I feel like you just get like, what's the word? You're like, just not not inherited or like something, but you're just given this title because of what happens.
0: Yeah. You become associated with it, so to speak. The way into this club, as mentioned, is to first be of affluent status, a.k.a. a celebrity of sorts. The second is to die tragically at the age of 27 years old. Now, people die every day at the age of 27. But the hype around the 27 Club is more than likely due to the fact that these people are of wealth and notoriety. I mean, if I was to die tomorrow, which not going to (laughs) wage, let's hope I don't. (laughs) I got bills to pay my own. Um... You know, my death wouldn't be associated necessarily with this club. But if, let's say, I was an A-list, a B-list, or a C-list actor... I might be associated with this club because I am of wealth and notoriety in that situation. Does that make sense?
1: Yes, it makes sense. And I was actually going to comment the two. I was like, how fitting we're doing this story, both on our 27th year, yep. which seems mm-hmm. kind of eerie, but I was like, yep. I have no, no wealth or affluence status, so it's <laughs> fine.
0: <laughs> can't relate. Can't relate at all. I can only relate in the sense that we're 20, or we can only relate in the sense that we're 27 while recording this, but other than that, <laughs> can't relate. But I will actually get into, because I really I've always wanted to do this case. this is one of those cases that when we started the podcast, it was always on the back burner for me. but it's one of those things where until I don't know maybe until this year once we've turned 27, I felt more inclined to do it and I will I will get to the personal reasons as to why. But anyways, the eerie and kind of weird aspect of this whole cultural phenomenon aka the 27 club is that it seems as though the premise of it is comprised of unknowns, Rumors and scandals. No one knows why this phenomenon exists specifically and why it occurs, which, as we know, is basically the breeding ground for conspiracy theories to kind of manifest, right? Whenever we don't know something in particular, we tend to fill in the blanks. We tend to start, you know, coming up with different ideas and different answers and different reasons. Regardless, before we dive into these theories, though, we have to become acquainted to the members of the 20th. Club and a little bit, you know, kind of get a little bit more of a who's who in this club membership.
1: Yes, who's a little bit of the uh, unfortunate VIP status.
0: Yes, so one of the first well-known members of this club was American Blues musician and songwriter Robert Johnson. There are other ones that kind of came on the list before Robert, but if you literally Google 27 Club, Robert is kind of the starting point or the catalyst of this entire conspiracy theory. Some of the ones that came before him in terms of ones that died before Robert was even born <laughs> include uh, musician Louis Chauvin and poet Rupert Brooke. But like I said, Robert seems to be the catalyst. I don't know why. But um, actually, you know what, we might actually kind of get into why. But regardless, Robert, for today's Discussion is the first. So, Robert was born in Mississippi in 1911, and his musical life seemed to kind of have sprinkles of mystery and folklore before his death. From what I've gathered, Robert started off as a great harmonica player, but supposedly didn't start off as the greatest guitar player. Once again, something I also can relate to because I have tried to play the guitar and I'm also not a great guitar player. Can't say I've tried the harmonica, but maybe that's my calling. I
1: also am terrible at the guitar, so no. Yeah. And the harmonica, I just don't even understand how you play it.
0: Neither do I. But you know what? Those who can't play musical instruments have podcasts. So <laughs> outfitting. <How> <laughs> outfitting. <How> <laughs> uh, based off of documentation, it seemed as though Robert would kind of benefit from guitar lessons, basically. Same, same as Christy and I, Robert. At one point, he needed some lessons. But there are kind of two stories about how Robert went about getting quote-unquote guitar lessons. The first is that Robert reportedly learned from another musician by the name of Isaiah Ike Zimmerman. The second is that some believe Robert had actually sold his soul to the devil in order to learn how to play the guitar as well as he would eventually play it, basically. This whole thought is that all of a sudden, one day, Robert, I don't know if he just was performing or what, what have you. But he, he went from being shit at guitar to all of a sudden really good at guitar. So, of course, people were like, mm, did you really take guitar lessons or did you sell your soul to the devil? Like, what, what is it? It has to be one or the other. And people were more leaning on that he sold his soul to the devil. No, he got all of his uh,
1: skill from the crazy sea queen. From Mermaid. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Ursula? But doesn't she teach Ariel how to sing? Yeah, but you can give me other skills. That's where you you got it from. Not Satan. I mean, that's a thought. Fair enough. Clearly not a good thought, but whatever. I mean, I see where you're going there. Just for those that are listening, Christy did recently get her internet back on. So I'm wondering if you kind of ventured into Disney Plus recently. Um, maybe. (laughs) (laughs) To be determined later. Anyway, so it's either he got guitar lessons from somebody nearby or he sold his soul to the devil or Ursula or whatever magical creature can, can do that kind of stuff according from what i read on the biography website the one night johnson took his guitar to the crossroads of highways 49 and 61 within clarksdale mississippi while he was there he called on the devil to make a deal so i don't know if he just like walked up with his guitar stood at the crossroads and was like yo satan yo satan Help me out. Or I, like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if that's how it happened. Obviously cell phones were in. So it's not like he texted the devil and was like, yo, you up? Need, some, need to talk to you or something. I don't know. But regardless, Robert was at the crossroads, supposedly, as the river goes, trying to make a deal with the devil. The devil showed up. And basically, from what I read, the devil agreed to this deal he's like yeah i'll take your soul and i'll make you a great musician took robert's guitar tuned it to like certify the deal i guess and then from then on robert was this great guitarist and the devil just walked away and was like cool i got an extra soul in my pocket today i guess what do you think
1: like overnight
0: apparently yeah that's what the story that's how the second story goes what are your thoughts Thoughts, comments, concerns.
1: First. I wish people could see how you just were like,
0: yo, it. I literally backed up, <laughs> put my hands near my mouth, and just I was like <laughs> went <laughs> for it.
1: <laughs> um, I also I don't really I don't I'm not really vibing with the story right now. I don't know if I follow that, but sure, that's what the tale they want to tell.
0: Yeah. I mean, in my mind, I find the story kind of diminishing because there are people that are just quick learners. Like, why, why diminish someone's ability to learn something quickly from somebody else? Maybe this Ike person was a good teacher to going as far as saying, oh, yeah, he's only good because he sold his soul to the devil. Like, that's, that's a little rude in my books. I don't know. That's maybe that's just me. That's the vibe I'm getting. Shade. Yeah, exactly. Shade is being thrown left, right and center. But you know, people had questions. And when questions aren't answered, people like to fill in the blanks themselves, hence conspiracy theories, Um, or folklore. There are a ton of podcasts that discuss this folklore of Robert selling his soul to the devil and whatnot, probably a little bit more in depth than I am going to today. So if you want to hear more about this story, I will definitely recommend checking out the ones I saw on Spotify, including Unpleasant Dreams with Cassandra Harold, the biographic, podcast the real life ghost stories podcast just to kind of name a few but back to robert robert would go on to create such songs as i believe i'll dust my broom crossroad blues and sweet home chicago along with many many more he ultimately would become a very pivotal artist for future blues artists to come however as some may have guessed it his success was short-lived on august 16th 1938 Robert would pass away only being 27 years old at the time. According to what I've read, no autopsy was completed and no firm cause of death was originally documented. I'm going to assume that because of this, the rumor mill pumped out numerous stories in terms of what happened to Robert. One rumor kind of falls back to the previous devil story. That eventually Robert was kind of, I don't know if they, he was called back to the crossroads. The devil was like... Yo, Robert! Robert, come here! And then Robert came, you know, oh, hey, man, what's up? This, that, and the other. And the devil, you know, took his soul. (laughs) You know, came for his part of the deal. I, I, I don't know. That's, I think, what a lot of people at the time were like, oh yeah, Robert Johnson's died. You know, the devil must have came for his part of the portion or part of the deal. But you know, there's also a lot of other rumors. So one of the other ones was that apparently Robert drank poisoned whiskey while another was that he was actually murdered. So there is no firm cause of death. All we know is that he passed away at the age of 27 on August 16th 1938. Very young. Yeah. Very, very young. So the rumor rumors surrounding Robert, along with his mysterious death, seemed to be the small spark for what would be known as the 27 Club. But when Robert died in 1938, no one had heard of the 27 Club, as far as my understanding and research. Like, it wasn't even a thing at that point in time. No one was connecting any previous deaths to Robert as being associated with him, and, you know, we'll kind of get to it, but it was actually would take a while for the 27 Club to really become this quote-unquote cultural phenomena. We're going to now jump from 1938 to 1964, a whole 26 years apart, to discuss the first cluster of deaths associated with the 27 Club. Specifically, we're going to chat about the string of celebrity deaths between 1964 to 1971. And I'm just going to say, I hope people don't panic because we will talk about the others beyond this time frame. Specifically, what I'm going to do for today is break down all the reported deaths into three clusters. The clusters are ones that I've made up from the Basically, this large ass list that I found of all of these people associated with the 27 Club. I'm not going to get into like each, you know, celebrity's early life story, this, that, and the other. I'm just gonna give like a little spark notes version of it because I think if we were to do that, well, first of all, it could probably be its own podcast, slash I'm pretty sure there's a 27 club specific podcast out there. And that's not what we're doing today, just period point blank. Um, and second of all, I also wanna just remind people. There are a lot of people, quote unquote, associated with this club. I couldn't cover every single one of them or Christy and I would be recording for probably three hours, which neither of us have the attention span to do or the bladders to be able to make that happen. So please bear with me. Please don't at Christy or I for maybe not including your, you know, wanted celebrity to be discussed on this list. I don't know. Just bear with us. Sound like a plan?
1: Yes, sounds like a great plan. You know I enjoy some spark notes, so we like to limit it down and get that good version
0: going. So without further ado, let's get into the first round. So the first round includes Rudy Lewis, who was born in 1936 in Philadelphia, where he reportedly started his singing career in gospel music before going to New York City to join the rhythm and blues group called The Drifters. Jumping quickly to 1964, specifically May 21st, the group was supposedly set to record but Rudy didn't show up. He would be found deceased in his hotel room located in Harlem. The cause of death was ruled as a probable drug overdose, yet no autopsy was reportedly completed. It's been documented that Rudy may have died the night prior on May 20th. So that's, that's one so far. And yes, he was 27 years old when he passed away. The second being Brian Jones, who was one of the founding members of the famous band The Rolling Stones. Which like I I'd hope people listening have heard of the Rolling Stones. I feel like they're pretty big, even though I don't listen to their music a lot of the time. It's a pretty big band. Yeah, so don't don't at me, don't come
1: for me. I did know the first artist, but I did know to know the Rolling Stones name. Don't listen to music, but yes, sure, yeah. if you have to know the music, like know the name of it. It's very well known.
0: Exactly. So on July 3rd, 1969, Brian reportedly died as a result of drowning in his pool. What's weird about Brian's death is that his girlfriend at the time, Anna Wolin, reportedly felt a pulse when he was taken out of the water, almost seemingly convinced that he was going to be okay and that he was still alive. However, it was when he went to the hospital that he supposedly was declared deceased. I did read that Brian also struggled with substance use during his life, but I'm not sure if this has anything to do with his tragic ending. So next is Alan Blind Owl Wilson. He's known as being the co-founder, singer, and basically one of the driving factors behind the blues band Canned Heat. When doing my research, I saw that one of Alan's biggest musical influences was that of Robert Johnson. So kind of a weird little connection that I found. In my research, I really got the notion that although the band was doing well, which once again the band is Canned Heat, Alan personally was struggling. He was struggling I believe, with his mental health, substance use. Like, he just wasn't, he wasn't doing well. The band was reportedly set to leave the U.S. for a European tour on September 2nd, 1970, in which it's been stated that Alan didn't show up. At first glance, this wasn't kind of untypical of Alan, apparently. He kind of had a tendency of just not really making it on time to things so no one really panicked right away however after this day had kind of passed people were like ah usually at this point he'd show up and he didn't so alan would be discovered on a hillside behind his bandmate's home the next day in which an autopsy determined that he had died of an accidental acute barbiturate intoxication at the age of 27.
1: very sad so he like took something and it's like kind of went off
0: yeah Yeah, I didn't do like a deep dive into his specific death in the sense of how people project, like how it panned out, but that's kind of the vibe I got that, you know, he probably ingested some barbiturates, don't know specifically what, but and then probably wandered off and unfortunately overdosed, which is just heartbreaking. And unfortunately, he's not going to be the only overdose that we talk about during this episode. So just once again, a reminder that if that is something that you are maybe not in the mindset to listen to, proceed with caution because it's not going to be the last overdose that we talk about. Speaking of which, the next on our unfortunate list is that of Jimi Hendrix. The Seattle-born rock musician would enter the 27 Club on September 18th, 1970, a mere two weeks after Alan Blind Owl Wilson had passed away. Jimi was in London the night prior to his death with his girlfriend, Monica, with reports claiming that they were staying at the San Markand Hotel. At around 11 a.m. on the 18th, Monica found Jimmy unresponsive.
1: Well, this is going very sad.
0: Yes, once he was taken to hospital, Jimmy was pronounced dead. The cause of death seemed to be that Jimmy had aspirated on his own vomit after ingesting a described large amount of barbiturates and alcohol. Even though this sounds cut and dry, some people don't believe it as such, meaning that there's actually multiple conspiracy theories about Jimmy Hendrix's death beyond the 27 Club. But unfortunately, he is part of this infamous club. So the next musician that would join is Janis Joplin. The Peace of My Heart singer was on an uphill trajectory in the fall of 1970, even working on a new upcoming album. However, on October 4th of that year, she would pass away of a reported accidental heroin overdose in LA. She was supposedly found in her hotel room after missing a recording session. Once again, another death that at first glance seems kind of Pretty much cut and dry. Tragic, but cut and dry. However, as some can imagine, Janice's death has been into question since the day it became public, similar to Jimmy's along with others. The book called I Ran Into Some Trouble shares the notion that one of Janice's friends, Caserta, thinks that Janice died due to slipping on the hotel room carpet, hitting the nightstand headfirst, breaking her nose, and then unfortunately choking on her own blood. Either way, like either way you put it, It's not great. Listeners may recall the next tragic death on our list being that of Jim Morrison from our last Celebrity Conspiracy Theories episode. But just as a recap for those who haven't listened to that episode yet, which by the way, you should definitely listen to that episode. uh, In 1971, Jim had gone to Paris with his then-girlfriend Pam to try and revamp his career. However, on July 3rd, 1971, he would be found unconscious within his bathtub due to what some suspect as an overdose. No autopsy was completed, and Supposedly only three people, his girlfriend included, saw Jim's body on the day he died. The circumstances surrounding his death seemed suspicious in my opinion. And I think I made that pretty clear during the Celebrity Conspiracy Theories episode part two, by the way. Um, that it just it just seemed really weird. Like there was just a lot of weird things that came out of Jim Morrison's death. I'm not saying that what's public is not potentially what happened, but it's fair to say that there are a lot of conspiracy theories surrounding Jim Morrison's death.
1: You yeah, remember we talked about that story, I was just like, this weirdness, I'm not sure if I can really believe what's going on. It was very weird that she didn't want an autopsy and his family wanted an autopsy and all that jazz is going
0: on. His family didn't even know that he, I, I think had died at first. So she had, went to the embassy in Paris and like rushed him to be buried basically super quick and said he didn't have any family or anything like that so that it could happen. So it's it's just odd. Like, you know, and I don't know if she had said that she didn't want an autopsy. I think because there was reportedly a doctor on, quote unquote, a doctor on scene. He, the doctor just said, yeah, cause of death is due to overdose. And that was it, right? Like it was very... I don't know, it just was really weird. Yeah,
1: it definitely rubbed me the wrong way. So I was like, "Mm, I'm not really enjoying this.
0: No. Yeah, and there's just a lot of conspiracy theories. He's another one of the celebrities that we'll be discussing today that just have a lot of conspiracy theories around the death. But once again, it's because I think the answers that we got around it have so many questions that people will fill in the blanks. So we just discussed six individuals in this first cluster who seemed to pass away kind of... I I don't want to say weirdly because there are stated reasons why they passed away, right? You know, they're all tied to substance use one way or another, whether they died because of their substance use or whether they had a history of substance use. The other thing that's obviously tying them together and kind of having that similarity is the fact that they're all musicians that died at the age of 27. So once again, another common factor. I know some listeners may think, well, these are all musicians in an era that was heavy into partying. They probably just died of their substance use and that's it like this just happens I'm not going to sit here and say that that's not an out there thought to sing but what makes this whole string of deaths peculiar is the fact that they all died around the same age which begs the question does turning 27 as a celebrity mean something bad may happen to you we're not going to get there quite yet so hold your horses because we do have two more clusters of celebrities that I want to discuss so the next cluster quote unquote cluster that I've made up consists of deaths between 19 1973 to 1988. But before we do this cluster, student check and Christy, how you do? And how are you feeling about this conspiracy theory so far? I'd like to see what the other clusters are related
1: to because I hear the first one. I understand the whole substance abuse thing. I'd like to know what else is going on, but I'm enjoying it so far. Yes, as always.
0: Good, good. All right. The first person in the second cluster that I've made up is that of Ron Pigpen McKernan, who is one of the founding members of the long lived band The Grateful Dead. On March 8th, 1973, the 27 27- year old ron was found in his california apartment at around 9 p.m by his landlady according to a rolling stones article that i read the landlady had checked in on ron after she noticed that his back door had been left open and it appeared that his lights were left on for days just kind of non-stop it's not as if he was turning them on turning them off it just they were just left on Right, which is kinda of suspicious.
1: Yeah, like, do you know what expensive hydro is? Yeah, exactly. No one can be doing that.
0: No one can afford that shit. <laughs> Are you kidding me? In in this in that economy? In this economy, like Either economies, Hydra's expensive, just in general. But unfortunately, Ron had been found on his bedroom floor, and it's been suspected that he had been deceased for about two days before he was found. No final autopsy had been done, supposedly. However, suspected that the cause of death was hemorrhaging of blood vessels around the liver, according to the Rolling Stones article again. Anyways, on to our next individual. So in 1978, we meet the OG basis for the band, The Stooges, being that of Mr. David Alexander. Being known for being ahead of his time, Dave was eventually fired from the band he created, which I'm not gonna kinda get into the details or discuss further, but I'm just going to speculate that I don't think it was kind of a clean break. After his time with the Stooges, Dave reportedly took to the stock market along with heavy drinking. Eventually, he would be diagnosed with pancreatitis, and on February 10th of 1975, he would die at age 27. In that same year, Welsh singer, guitarist, and songwriter Peter Hamm also tragically faced a short life on Earth. Peter was part of the former band, The Ivies along with a band, Bad Finger, which I just love that name. I don't know why. It's such an odd name, but I mean, hey, to each their own, I guess. Bad Finger? Bad Finger, and it's all one word.
1: It's going be cool? and be like Finger Eleven? Had to go Bad Finger?
0: I mean, maybe Finger Eleven is a bad finger. Don't don't.
1: Funny, because you don't have 11 fingers, but okay.
0: I know, and t- Christy... <laughs> I'm grasping at straws here with my 10 fingers that I do have, okay? <laughs> Anyways, Badfinger released the popular song, Come and Get It, which reportedly became a smash hit. So big that some called Badfinger the next Beatles, which that's pretty heavy. That's a big title to give a band, I think. Yeah, I'm going to say because I've heard of the Beatles because of how
1: popular they are. I've literally never heard of Badfinger before, so that, no, never that, that must be saying much, so...
0: Mm. In 1972, Badfinger would sign on with the Warner Brothers Records, which to me sounds like a big win. However, the story is about to get tragic, real quick. Based on what I read, the Badfingers manager, Stan Polly, or Polly, reportedly was mismanaging the band's finances. This didn't make any matters any easier to deal with, especially when the contract with Warner Brothers was terminated in early 1975, according to a BBC Wales article. This, on top of personal debts that the band members supposedly had, was basically what I would consider a financial rock bottom for everyone involved. and a very stressful-sounding situation, and without being able to support himself or his pregnant girlfriend financially, Peter reportedly hung himself in his garage at age 27. Mm, that's sad. It's so tragic because, it, I, like, I, I'm, I don't know the fine details of the entire situation. I'm just, like I said, giving the Sparks notes. But all because one person was mismanaging the finances of the band on top of, you know, everyone's got debt. I mean, everyone that's not making six figures or... You don't know, no, fuck it. I, I bet you everyone has debt, or at least most, a majority of people have debt. And you know, he had a pregnant girlfriend. He's trying to support himself. He's trying to support his new growing family. Like that's a lot of stress to put on a person. And I can imagine trying to figure out how to dig yourself out of that financial stress was probably very weighing. So it's you know, it's just it's so tragic the next on our list has us back in the states where we discuss chris bell a musician born in tennessee chris started his music career out in garage bands in the 1960s before becoming one of the members of the band big star once again never heard of this band that doesn't mean that there aren't they aren't good or anything, or they weren't big, but I I just I've never heard of this band before.
1: Big Star, One Finger.
0: Bad <laughs> Finger going
1: on. Oh, Bad Finger, sorry. What, I already remember forgot what it. <laughs> we just talked about <laughs> yeah, remember it's one finger 11 or whatever. Chaos. Oh my god. The names of these bands. Yes. W questionable, but okay.
0: Uh, the band is known for songs such as 13, The Ballad of El Guto, and September Girls. And that's girls with a U and so you no, know it's spicy. Okay. Chris would tragically meet his demise on December 27th, 1978 when he lost control of his car, a Triumph TR7 after leaving band rehearsal. The car reportedly hit a light pole which then fell onto the car killing him instantly. What's eerie about Chris's death is that bandmate Jody Stevens actually drove by the accident before knowing it was Chris. In a direct quote from a Vice article, when I came back to Memphis we had made plans to meet at the studio. However, when I arrived, he, being Chris, had already left. What's weird is I decided to drive back and when I got to the Sears department store I could see police cars with their lights flashing and there was this car in the middle of the road. A pole had fallen and completely crushed the left side of the roof. I immediately thought, I shouldn't look. The next day, John Fry, another bandmate, phoned to say that Chris had died in a car accident the night before.
1: End quote. Could you imagine driving by that and then finding out after the fact that that's what it was? And you're like, oh my god.
0: Yeah, finding out it's literally your friend or bandmate, coworker, whomever, just someone that you know. And it, it to me, it's it's eerie that he thought that. Um, sorry, that this Jody Stevens person thought I shouldn't look as if it was kind of like a gut sensation or a gut feeling or something. I don't know, something telling him don't look because you know who it is. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Like I feel like if they had done looking and saw like the car or the person or whatever the situation was and they're like, then you completely freak out and lose it versus they're like after the fact hearing it, you're like, wow, I, I'm happy I didn't look. That's not the way I saw that last yeah. scene. I don't know.
0: Yeah. It's better to take the, good memories of a person that you do have with them as opposed to seeing the tragic ones if you can prevent seeing the tragic ones so to speak i guess i should clarify that absolutely if you have the option yes so the next member is of the diy punk band Minuteman, dennis dale boone also known as d boone which that's such a cool nickname i don't know Rock stars have the coolest nicknames like I my nickname is Al to some people or Alley Bear to my parents my grandpa used to call me Peanut but I don't have cool I don't have cool nicknames like that I don't even have a nickname okay so no I <laughs> literally just call you Christy I think one time I tried to call you Chris and I don't think you'd liked it
1: I just funny I told somebody the other day they're like you need a nickname and I was like Chris and they're like no
0: <laughs> no you're not a Chris to me but I yeah I wouldn't even know what to call you other than Christy. Hey, if you, if people listening have nicknames for Christy, <laughs> please write us in at Weird Distractions Podcast at com. Anyways, back to D. Boone. Uh, so D. Boone unfortunately met his early fate due to a motor vehicle accident. So our neck, like another car accident here. On December 22nd, 1985, Boone was reportedly laying down in the back of a van which was driving on the Interstate 10 within the Arizona desert. Boone allegedly was feeling sick, hence laying down. According to reports, the van's rear axle suddenly broke while in motion. Boone was reportedly still laying down when this was happening, therefore it's believed that he wasn't wearing a seatbelt. He was reportedly thrown from the back door of the van and landed on his neck, which then broke his neck, which then was the cause of death. Yeah, Christy's making not happy faces at me right now, and I'm so sorry. I should have given you a picture I'm making drawing. like
1: internal like cringe. yeah, because I picture it's bad. I can picture the X-ray, of the CT, and be like,
0: oh, cringe. Yeah, if you're new listening to this podcast, like if you decided, hey, I'm gonna start listening to this episode. Christy is an X-ray technician. So a lot of times when I am asking for like medical related advice, I will I A ask Christy to clarify and also to help Jolly Phonic's words for me. But anytime there's anything related to bones or I don't yeah, basically anything related to bones, Christy gets kind of weirdly interested in it. Shh.
1: Okay, when you work in healthcare, you just become morbid.
0: You know what? That's why I love you. Because without you, it would just be one weirdo. But now there's two. (laughs) One big happy family. (laughs) One big happy weird ass family. But regardless, we got to keep moving on through this list. So finally, the last person in this cluster that I've made is that of John Michelle Boskiot. John Michelle was born in New York City in 1960 and was a popular artist in the 80s due to his neo-expressionism artwork. From what I gathered, John Michelle's art really spoke in terms of many politically charged conversations had at the time. And even just saying that kind of feels... Like I'm downplaying it a bit. I, I looked into some of his artworks and he, yeah, it's, it's shit that goes for millions. Like it is some pretty moving stuff and just the stories behind it and everything. I unfortunately can't get really, really into it because we have to, we've got to keep moving. But regardless, would recommend folks to definitely look into Jean-Michel. Unfortunately, Jean-Michel would pass at the age of 27 due to a reported heroin overdose at his home on August 12th, 1988. As some may be able to pick up on this cluster of deaths isn't exactly the same as the last. We see many more in terms of differences in causes of death, along with different forms of celebrity, i.e. not all being musicians like the last cluster. Regardless, we're still met with the same common denominator. They all pass away at age 27. Around the time of these deaths, I speculate that rumors were kind of starting to spark up a little bit in terms of something odd happening to celebrities. Celebrities or people of notoriety, dying at age 27. However, the next span of deaths is when we supposedly get the actual name of the 27 Club, along with some of the conspiracy theories, which, once again, don't worry, we're going to get to the conspiracy theories. We're almost there. Just hang tight. For the sake of time, the next group of deaths I will discuss, as mentioned, will be the final group. In doing my research, more and more names kind of continue to pop up. Some that I had on my list when I was starting my research and others that I hadn't even heard of. As much as I want to discuss everyone and kind of give everybody their time to shine, I want to be mindful that I'm kind of information dumping right now. And it may become more overwhelming the more names I kind of throw out of folks. That's kind of also why I broke it down to clusters. I'm not talking about all the celebrities mentioned on the list. If you do want to know more about more of the celebrities that are included in the 27 Club, I would recommend doing your own research, which I will list my resources in today's episode notes. So if you want to do that, you can start where I stopped. That sounds pretty good, doesn't it? And read them all because there's like 500. (laughs) Yeah, I have a lot of resources for today's episode, which by the way... Usually at the end of every episode, I typically read off all my resources today. I won't because we're not even at the third cluster and I'm already having a hard time talking. So <sighs> I will post the resources. <laughs> what, what is new? Welcome to our podcast. <laughs> but I will post the resources for today's episode in the episode notes. But without further wait, let's discuss the next string of deaths, which will be ranging from 1993 to 2011, which quick math is an 18 year Man.
1: i will enjoy this topic i'm sure because it's more current and i'll yes. probably know more names
0: <laughs> you should if if you Chrissy, if you don't know any of the people i'm about to mention i'm gonna give you a pop culture i lesson. live under a
1: rock if i don't
0: <laughs> that's that's true but yeah Let's let's hope and pray that you do. So the the first person in this string of tragedies is that of Mia Zapata. Those that ingest works of true crime along with fans of grand music or of Mia's band The Grits may already know how Mia's life was tragically cut short. For those who don't I will obviously discuss it but in a very condensed version. If you want something more in depth I highly recommend listening to the coverage by either That Spooky, The Spooky Hour or True Crime Garage podcast for more in information. Regardless, on July 7th, 1993, Mia had reportedly left a local Seattle tavern at around 2 a.m., heading back to a studio space nearby. From my understanding, this space was within an apartment building, so on her way home, she had reportedly visited a friend who lived on the second floor. Mia's body would be found sometime at around 3.30 a.m. near an intersection of Seattle's Central District. It's been documented that she had been raped, beaten and strangled and she was only 27 years old that is all in terms of mia's case i'm going to discuss today there is a lot more to it as mentioned check out that spooky the spooky hour or true crime garage podcast i listened to the that spooky episode and the oh no i think it was just the spooky episode that spooky episode which i believe is actually part of my show notes so would recommend if you want a more in-depth understanding of the case because yeah it is a it's a it's a doozy it's there's a lot to it but yeah. unfortunately it's not, there's a lot
1: of details so yeah i want to read more into it
0: Yes, for sure. 20 days after Mia's death, we lost NBA star and former Boston Celtics player Reggie Lewis. Reggie reportedly played in the Celtics playoff series against the Charlotte Hornets when he supposedly collapsed on the floor, laying there for approximately seven seconds. It's been documented that when he got up, he looked confused, like he looked kind of dazed, a little bit out of it, not really sure what was going on. He reportedly tried to play again, but eventually was taken off and, you know, kind of, I don't want to say benched, but... Taken off the court, let's just put it that way.
1: He needed a breather.
0: Yeah, exactly. He supposedly was feeling dizzy and experiencing a shortness of breath. So good call. Good call to take him off the court. If he's not feeling 110%, he shouldn't be playing and no one should be playing in those kind of conditions. The next day, Reggie would go into hospital where after some testing, he was diagnosed with focal cardiomyopathy. And a direct quote from the Mayo Clinic website Quote, this is a disease of the heart muscle that makes it harder for your heart to pump blood to the rest of your body. It can eventually, this is just me talking here, based on what I read, lead to heart failure, which not a good situation. A few months later, on July 27th of 1993, Lewis would reportedly suddenly die on court while playing at age 27. His cause of death has been attributed to hypertrophic cardiomyopathy which seems really young like that seems like a really young age to have that but I, I, like, I don't know if it was maybe genetic if it was lifestyle choices like it's hard to say and i didn't once again this is just sparks note version but 27 seems really young to have heart diseases of sorts yeah. i mean who knows like i said genetics lifestyle choices i don't know but
1: yeah it could be like a um what's the word something from your kid when you're a kid something doesn't like happen properly
0: Um, the word, thinking of the word. Someone's (laughs) probably screaming it at us from their cubicle. But yeah, so yeah, that that thing. That thing, yeah. I told. If you know what Christy is trying to say, please email us out We're congenital, congenital, congenital. Okay. (laughs) Oh my god. I was gonna say, Christy, if you were gonna guess that, it would drive me insane. So yes, regardless, super tragic. Like everybody else that we've previously discussed super tragic. And unfortunately, this tragic train, it's not going to stop anytime soon. So next on the list is that of Kurt Cobain. For those who don't recall the name, he was an American musician famous for his involvement in the rock band Nirvana. Nirvana had produced hits such as Heart Shaped Box, Smells Like Team Spirit, and Lithium, to name a few. Please, Christy, for the love of all things rock, even though I'm not a rock person, but I know I know Kurt Cobain, so I don't know him, but okay do you know? I Kurt have Cobain? I have heard okay, of yes. oh, that, okay. I've heard of Nirvana, think.
1: I've heard of that, yes.
0: Okay. Whoof.
1: I so, don't completely live under a rock, okay? Yes. Just a little bit.
0: Just a smidge. Just but be- just between the days of Monday to Friday. You know what? And that's fair. I get it. But anyways, so Kurt, like others previously mentioned, reportedly struggled with his mental health along with substance use. In March of 1994, aka the month and year that Christie entered the world, Kurt allegedly was in a coma after mixing champagne in Rohypnol, which is R-O-H-Y-P-N-O-L. Does that ring a bell to you, Christy? P-H usually makes an F sound. Like R-O-H-Y-P-N-O-L. Rohypnol. Rohypnol. That's what it is. Yes.
1: It was <laughs> this just- is why the medical friend is here.
0: <laughs> yes. This is oh God. We're gonna get so many one-star reviews after this episode. I can just feel it in my bones. But you know what? It is what it is. This is a learning curve for everybody. But, anyways, yes, he was in a coma. After, this, after making this mixture or after having this mixture while he was in Italy, from what I gathered from reading a history website article, Kurt had entered in a rehab program after this incident, only to leave quietly at the end of the month, aka okay, at the end of March. Jumping then to April 5th of the same year, 27-year-old Kurt was found in his Seattle apartment with the cause of death being ruled a suicide. And using a direct quote from the previously mentioned history article, he had ingested enough Valium and heroin to reach near fatal levels. In the apartment above the garage was was Cobain's suicide note quoting Neil Young's lyric, that it is better to burn out than to fade away. Although the death was ruled a suicide, Kurt's death is one of those who have multiple conspiracy theories that believe that something far more nefarious took place. Within that same year, being 1994, we also lost American musician Kristen Pfaff, who is the bassist for the rock band Hole and Janitor Joe. Also, apologies in advance for mispronouncing her last name. I completely gapped on Jolly Fonix-ing it. It is P F. AFF. I
1: have
0: no idea. Yeah, so my, I'm so sorry. I try really hard to Jolly Phonics. Words that look hard to me, but this, this, this one was missed. So my sincerest apologies. Anyways, the weird twist with Kristen's death is that she was in the same band as Kurt's wife, Courtney Love, being that. The band whole. And she only died a few months after Kurt passed away. So similarly, 27-year-old Kristen was also in Seattle when she passed away on June 16th due to a reported opioid overdose. Kristen's death seems, in a quick online glance, to also be surrounded by conspiracy theories similar to Kurt's outside of the whole 27 club that we are discussing. So there's a lot going on with Kristen and Kurt's deaths in terms of different conspiracy theories. Some believe that they have something to do with each other. Others kind of hyper focus on each death individually. But yeah, there's there's so many holes you can go down, which is kind of ironic because she was in band called Hole. So (laughs) uh, we've been talking about so much death. Uh (laughs) Anyways, it's now time to discuss the final death that I'm gonna be discussing. Not the final one on the, the big ass list that's out there, but just the last one that I'm going to be discussing in this cluster today, which is that of Amy Winehouse. So Amy was an English musician who produced hits such as Back to Black, Rehab, and many, many more. Actually, when I finally got to her on the list, I started listening to her songs. I forgot how much I actually enjoy her music. Mm, Give me some Amy. She had such a nice voice. Like, I don't know how to describe it, but it's just, I don't know, it's just... Ugh, I loved it. But regardless, although Amy was powerhousing her way on the charts, she was not immune to the struggles of mental health and substance use. At age 27 years old, Amy was found unconscious by her bodyguard on July 23rd, 2011. Ambulances arrived at her home to declare her dead on scene. The coroner's inquest reportedly ruled the cause of death to be, quote, misadventure and furthermore it was released that she had more than five times the legal drink drive limit of alcohol in her system yikes yeah so that's that's quite a bit once again we're faced with some common denominators when it comes to these previously mentioned celebrities although there are many more out there that I haven't mentioned I'm going to say that most of them also kind of seem to fall along the same denominators you know obviously the main one being that they're 27 and that they're of celebrity status or of notoriety some are due to overdosing or substance use or whatever it may be others were and are motor vehicle accidents health reasons mental health this that and the other like they differentiate but they have the same common denominators being that they died at age 27 and that they are a celebrity of sorts
1: and I feel like there was like a ton of sus- substance abuse of sorts like included in this topic
0: yeah and I mean I did I did see a lot more substance use and I could have just Hyper focus on all the substance use ones, but I wanted to include the ones that weren't because I wanted to show that it's not just the substance abuse. There were others that were, you know, health related or what have you. Because if you just hyper focus on the substance abuse, people will come to kind of come to that conclusion I mentioned earlier. Well, you know, these people were partying and it was a time where people really partied hard and this, that, and the other, and kind of dismiss it, so to speak. But When you kind of throw in these different causes of death that have the same like common denominator that they're 27 years old when they die, it's like, okay, so it's not just those that are quote unquote partying or, you know, maybe uh, treating their, their, their mental health or their trauma with substances, right? Like it's, there's different layers to this theory underneath just the, they're 27 when they die. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, you definitely want to bring more of them in to show that there is, a, not even saying like you want a variety of that people to die, but like there is a variety of people that die from different causes and you're like it's not just substance. Exactly. We include multiple things, but exactly. it's unfortunate that it happens altogether.
0: I think without further waiting, let's just get into the conspiracy theory river. Let's, let's dive in. Let's put on our floaties and let's go down the river. What do you say? Please, let's go. <laughs> okay, so the first theory is that of the satanic pack theory. So it wouldn't be a conspiracy theory without there being something in relation to Satan. This theory can tie back to the first death that I had mentioned earlier on being that of Robert Johnson. As mentioned, rumors were spread that that Robert made a pact with the devil to make him a great artist, and in exchange, he signed his soul away. Now, I wasn't able to find out the fine details of this deal. Meaning, did Robert agree to give away his soul at age 27? Or did the devil just randomly take Robert's soul and life when Robert was 27? Like, there's no fine details to really understand this quote-unquote deal. What we do know about the story, as mentioned earlier... Is that after this alleged interaction, Robert was a better guitar player than before, and ultimately this made him a better performer. Not only that, but the fact that Robert's cause of death is very murky, like there's no firm answer. It's like eh, people are probably gonna lean on the side of, oh, he made a deal with the devil then, oh, he just died of XYZ right? It's situations where we don't have answers, so people put answers in.
1: Yeah, like there's no specific saying like, oh, he died of substance abuse, or like, oh, this was the reason. It was like, no, he magically got really good overnight on the guitar, and it was great, and then and then they died, and that was it. That was all details.
0: Exactly. But how does Robert's deal with the devil, kind of that story, that rumor, that folklore, what have you, how does that connect with people like Rudy Lewis and Kurt Cobain? Some believe that each member of the this, you know, 27 club was once encountered by the devil and granted the same deal. Become talented and famous for the price of their soul when they're 27. Once again, not really sure why 27 specifically for this theory, but it's part of the story. Although this makes a very Hollywood-esque story, there's absolutely no proof in the pudding that this is actually anywhere accurate. We also have to remember that this theory more than likely came around the time of the Satanic Panic or around a time where everyone blamed everything peculiar on Satan. So, you know, everyone's kind of on edge about Satan regardless we, whichever time frame you look at it. So the devil's going to be blamed for everything. I also want to bring up my previously mentioned opinion from earlier that this conception of the whole deal with the devil thing is diminishing to someone's talents because you're basically saying that they needed an other world device to make them more talented which is kind of diminishing I'm not gonna lie just put it out there again
1: yeah he could just be a really great guitar player and learned really fast and a fast learner and there you go
0: exactly so that's that on that theory <laughs> to put it blankly Christy what do you think do you think that these celebrities made a deal with the devil no <laughs> no so that brings us to our second theory which you're not going to like at all. The next theory is the planet Saturn theory. So (laughs) another out there theory is that the planet Saturn has something to do with these folks passing away at age 27. Okay. rolled my eyes. Oh my eyes. Roll my eyes
1: real hard. Fuck does Saturn have to do with this? I, I already am like, no, 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 no. This is not happening.
0: Just, just wait a minute. Just wait uh, wait a darn tootin' minute, because we're going to get into it. So, there are some astrologists that allegedly believe in a phenomenon known as Saturn's return, which may be the factor of these string of deaths. This theory has a lot to do with birth charts, our sun and moon signs, and all of that. And I know I like to talk about zodiac-related information here and there. I like to sprinkle it, you know, whenever I can, because I like horoscopes. That's, That's my jam. It is what it is. But this This kind of birth chart thing is way over my head. Like it's so over my head. I've tried so many times to look into it and I just, my little tiny brain can't comprehend it. So I'm going to try and explain it the best I can, um, in which I'm going to reference the Your Tangle website to kind of better make this make sense, hopefully. Fingers crossed. So quote, most of us are aware of our sun zodiac sign. I am not. (laughs) But there are actually greater secrets the deeper we go into our birth charts. These secrets are the placements of our planets and moon, which are called returns once they return to the sign they were when we were born. So to kind of summarize, when the planets move back to where they were around our birth date is when we're supposedly supposed to experience this return of certain planets. So Saturn's return is when Saturn returns to where it was the day we were born. Are you following along with me, Christy?
1: Sadly, yes.
0: Okay, cool. So I'm going to again quote the Your Tangle website to expand how this applies to the 27 Club. So, quote, around this age, being 27, we experienced both our Saturn and our progressed lunar return, which signify that it's time for us to take stock in our lives to learn or not some of our karmic lessons and more to the next level of living in this lifetime end quote the your tangle website article further explains that the saturn and lunar returns occur twice once at age 27 and once at age 30 which sounds as if they're hinting at it being kind of a make or break time for folks when you're 27 and when you're 30 being 27 currently, and this is where the personal tie-ins come in kind of why I wanted to cover this case or this, this conspiracy theory is I can honestly say that being 27 has been the hardest year of my life. And maybe I'm just saying that right now because I'm 27. I don't know what it's like to be 52 yet, but in comparison to the other ages I have been, 27 has thus far been the worst. And I don't know if that's because 2021 has been a dumpster fire or if it's whatever, COVID or work or whatever, but 27 just feels like a really hard year. I think it's kind of fair to say that your mid-20s in general is kind of a shit time to live. I mean, some people might have completely different experiences, but I don't, me personally, it's like, this is such a confusing time of our lives because we have some people that are getting married, having babies, buying houses, this, that, and the other, and then other people who aren't, and they're still acting like teenagers, and that's totally fine. But you're in this weird tango of, still feeling like a teenager but yet you're a full-grown adult what do you think christy
1: no i i I don't know like i agree like people over different stages it's a weird age but i don't i don't i don't understand the theory behind it but okay
0: would you say that 27 has been a good year for you so far so far me yep (laughs) christy's like oh fuck yeah this is my best year yet (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> well,
1: so, like I, say, I bought a house and I got like promotions at work. It's been the best year so far considering oh, it's a fucking dumpster fire.
0: Yeah, basically. Uh, so the Your Tangle website article, which once again we uh, already referenced and it was written by Kate Rose, also mentions this in a direct quote which I found was interesting. Quote, Saturn delivers some hard truths and reality checks on the choices we've made and the people that we've become. End quote. So some of the deaths I've discussed maybe could fall under this theory. Being those who passed away due to their mental health or potentially their substance use due to experiencing this intense, challenging period. Because basically when quote-unquote Saturn returns, it's expected that you're basically going through this big life change or that you're being challenged in some way, shape, or form. It's kind of a pivotal moment is what I think this theory is kind of getting across. So I could see how it applies to some of the deaths. However, it doesn't apply to all of them because we have motor vehicle accidents. We have physical health you know, concerns that are sometimes out of control of you know, just a challenging time. Like, I don't really know how to apply this to... that. But it's, I don't know, like when I first read it, I was like, I rolled my eyes. I thought, oh, this is just another, you know, way out there astrology theory. But the more I kind of read into it, I was like, okay, you know what? I kind of get it. For some of them, not for all of them listed, Christy, don't give me that look. I know, I know it's out there, okay? But I'm just saying, I get it. And that's the
1: end of that, okay. (laughs) That's the
0: end of that. It's, you know, obviously this theory isn't backed by any formal science. You know, we're not going to stamp and say, yeah, this is legit because... No, it's not, but it's, it's interesting to think of. I'll just, I'll, that's my take on it. But anyways, on to the last theory, which is agenticity. So this is a theory that I'm bringing into the mix because it's something that I've always also kind of thought of and very me centered apparently for this episode and this theory of my thoughts. But regardless, it's just something that I kind of always thought of when it comes to the 27 club. Agenticity is a term referencing to the tendency where people begin seeing patterns and assume that there is something behind them even if these patterns are accidental or a result of chance. The reason why I wanted to bring this up is that even though there are some similarities between all of those associated with the 27 Club, there is no master intention behind all of them. Nothing that has been made factual by any means, shape, or form. In my mind, that means that there isn't like any, anyone holding back a curtain saying, aha, this is why these people have died at the age of 27. You know, this is some greater explanation to this situation—it's mostly just a bunch of, you know, accidents and chance-like situations that are developing a pattern, right? Yes, all of these notable people died at the same age, but other than being notable or 27, there really isn't much else in common that they all consecutively share. Some are musicians, some aren't. Some were killed by substances others weren't it would be more of a red flag if let's say all bassists that were born in louisiana in 1950 died at age 27 due to an unknown reason i feel like that would be more of a okay something's going on here as opposed to all of these random individuals from all over the world who have different backgrounds in music and poetry and acting this that and the other they all died at the age of 27 but they all died for different reasons right like there are commonalities, but there also are so many differences. Do you get what I'm saying? I'm getting what you're putting down. Okay, you're picking up what I'm putting down, which is great. Hopefully people listening at home are also picking picking up what I'm laying down. But basically... I personally think that we as humans want to make connections and patterns so that the unknown can be known. But in doing that, sometimes we create some things out of nothings, which, not saying that these deaths obviously mean nothing, but there isn't necessarily anything in relation to them other than the two notable themes that we've already discussed to death. Kind of ironic, but anyways, I do think that because these people were considered in a higher social standard than the rest of society, that people have hyper focused on these deaths to the point where they have classified them in this quote-unquote club with mystical reasonings behind it. As much as I'm a sucker for the odd conspiracy theory, in doing my research, it just continued to kind of show up that all these deaths have just been seen as patterns with a questionable greater meaning associated behind it without any evidence to confirm or deny that they're further connected what are your thoughts on this theory christy
1: i I don't i get there's different things tying them together and they all they all have their own similarities and some of them have like their differences but i don't like it's a pattern but i don't feel like there's just nothing more to
0: it really exactly yes like yes there's a pattern that they're all 27 and they're all of notable status but other than that not all of them share the consistently same pattern like they don't have an they don't all have an unknown cause of death or they weren't all you know a specific gender on the gender spectrum or they weren't all you know basis from louisiana that were born in 1950 yes there's a pattern but it's not that in depth so that's the last theory there's probably tons more out there too that i've not mentioned and you know what i think the last theory is kind of the the one that i'm gonna kind of subscribe to but if you have your own theory please feel free to email it to us because Like I said, this is a conspiracy theory that I want to talk about for for a very long time. So I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts and opinions on it. But we got to summarize this this episode. We got to we got to start putting bows and tying them and, you know, putting to and from stickers on them. Got to wrap this present up. So the 27 Club is a longstanding cultural phenomenon that seems to hold more questions than answers. Why did these celebrities die at age 27? Was it just fate or circumstance of chance? Or was it something greater? There have been two published studies that I was able to find that may help shed some more light on the 27 Club and its actuality. In December of 2011, a study by the British Medical Journal was published that took a deeper look at musicians dying at around age 27. Basically, the study wanted to see if there was a higher risk of being a musician and being 27 years old. This study reportedly concluded that death for young musicians was not limited to the age of 27 years old. To emphasize this, the study also states that just because you're a 27-year-old musician, it doesn't actually mean that you're more at risk of death. Another study, which was done in 2015 by The Independent, determined that the actual age where musicians had the highest frequency for death or of death was 56 years old. So definitely not 27. No, well, it's like a double that age. Yeah, exactly. So with both of these studies in mind, it appears as though they're really hasn't been anything further to kind of prove the actuality around the 27 Club being a real thing. Regardless, I'm sure that there will be folks who will continue to believe in something more that is happening when it comes down to the 27 Club, thus allowing for it to continue to live on. And that is the 27 Club conspiracy theory in a nutshell, in a very, very small nutshell. I feel like we could make a series about this, but we're not going to because I I, I, I don't even know if we'd ever get it done because <laughs> there's just so many. But Christy, what are your thoughts? That's comments and concerns.
1: Yeah, I would have to agree with you. Like you said, like the last theory is kind of the most believable out of like the ones we touched on today. I'm sure like you said, there's more and there's way more deaths that had happened to even give more genre of different conspiracies. But that would be the kind of go-to to pick from but I'm still not feeling any of them really. It's just kind of, I think it's just a pattern. It's just a phenomenon. Like it's just, they link them to make something, to bring something up.
0: It definitely falls into like, just the general conspiracy theory-esque of things, right? When we don't have Mm -hmm. an answer we make an answer as humans. And that's not saying that's a bad thing all the time, but it also leads to misinformation and some peculiar stories for sure. So typically this part of the show, I say my resources, but as mentioned earlier, I'm going to just list them in today's episode notes. I just, I, they're literally two pages long. I I really don't think people want to hear me read those out. So Christy, now is your time to shine, my dear friend. Can you tell these fine, fine folks where they can support weird distractions, how they can contact us and just the general information that people need to know yeah
1: so you're listening to us right now so obviously you know where to find us at the moment but if you want to tell a friend where to find us or anybody else we're on a variety of platforms mainly apple podcasts if you guys can go on there give a review give some star ratings it's just an easy free way to kind of help out podcasters um just to show your support so i'd be greatly appreciated also on Spotify, Google Podcasts. Again, just search us on any platform. We're more than likely on them because we've got a ride variety. Yes. Um, you can support the show in our other media platforms. So we are on TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Alex does a great job of doing some TikTokies, so check those out. And if you're looking for some more weird distractions, we have other kind of monetized options to look at if you're looking for more things to do. So we have Patreon. We have two tiers on there. Extra episodes, some stickers, some cards, little shout outs and such going to shout out our current patreons tom bailey angela john and now lynn So and I alicia, hey, alicia. Yes.
0: i forgot i totally forgot to mention we have two new patreons since the last time we recorded yes. and right now is actually a really good time to join our patreon because for december 2021 and january 2022 we're not going to be charging you any money point blank period because December and January are very stressful months financially for folks so we figured you know what take some time off from paying us and so if you want to if you've been humming and hawing about joining our Patreon now is a good time to join to see if it's worth your while because it's gonna be free so yeah consider joining thank you so much john bailey tom alicia and lynn we love you so much and appreciate you that's
1: a gal like shout out okay yes <laughs> but yes if you guys are wanting to get on that it's a great time to take advantage of the free month see if you like it and then if you do and you can keep staying. we would not be sad about it and we
0: enjoy it <laughs> exactly
1: And on top of Patreon, we also have other options. So you can go on, buy me a coffee, little sprinkle of some help to your podcasty friends, or you can also go on to Redbubble. Again, Christmas time is coming up. I'm sure there's some deals on there. Mm -hmm. We have lots of merch for all of our different logos and picture art on there to get it on basically like anything available. You can think of anything, mug, notebook, sweater, anything.
0: Exactly. And hey, if you're a skeptical Susie, we've got merch for that. If you want to speculate wildly, We've got merch for that. If you just want to rep Weird Distractions Podcast, guess what, baby doll? we got merch for that. Check it out.
1: I'm so weird just
0: rep in hardcore. I'm just just trying to make a sale, damn it.
1: (laughs) And lastly, um, other than all of those fabulous options and finding us where you can, we have our... Listener distractions we are trying to do as always. So if you guys have any stories or any content or just something interesting you want to share with us, doesn't even have to be a personal encounter or something of a friend or anything, feel free to email it to us at weird distractions podcast network.com. We would love to share another episode with you guys. So we're always looking for those. So please always feel free to send that to us.
0: Yes. And we had someone um, on Twitter actually ask if we would consider reading like dream stories, like people sending in their weird dreams. Honestly, We have not, we're not holding back from anything. Anything that you thought afterwards was kind of like, that was weird. You know, I don't know. You bumped into a serial killer. "Mm, That's kind of weird. You had a dream where you rode a chupacabra through the forests of England. I don't know. That's weird. That sounds weird. Yeah. The fuck is that? (laughs) We'll get into it one day, Christy. Don't you worry. But (laughs) anything that made you think, wow, that's weird. Email us. We want to keep doing listener distractions episodes. I love them so much. We haven't done one in so long and I just want to do another, but we need more emails or else it's just going to be very, very quick. And we want to give like a chunky episode like we're doing today. So yes, please email us. And if you need a distraction, we got you. Goodbye.